Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. Afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, the not in costume, and neither am I. John Gambadoro here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Coolest thing I saw yesterday, because yeah. um, it certainly wasn't in that Cardinals game. God, help us all. Uh. Um, the Seattle Seahawks Giants game. Kenneth Walker, you can turn this up a little bit. Kenneth Walker scores a touchdown. Does the thriller dance in the end zone? Wow! Like he's Michael Jackson. It was awesome because that's like a generational reference that should be way, 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 way too old for him, right? Way but too old. It was old. one of the greatest music videos of all time. It really was. With really really moonwalked in the cleats with yeah. Vincent Price. Do you guys even know who Vincent Price is? Do you? That's the voice, right? Yeah. The voice. Yeah. He, he was in a bunch of like he uh, was, yeah. B-level horror movies back in the 50s and he 60s. He was legendary. Vincent yeah, he, Price was legendary. So he does the so voice. So to have his voice in that, that was freaking awesome. And it was that dir- was a great video. And, and it, it's, you're going to laugh that I know this, okay. but it was directed by oh, a guy named John Landis, Ugh. who directed An American Werewolf in London, and uh, like Trading Places and, and Coming to America and everything, but that's why the special effects in that one... Really cool. So, um, cool to see Kenneth Walker tip of the cap to his elders by doing the by doing the thriller dance in the end zone after he scored a touchdown and against that's 40, New York Giants. That's forty years old. Yeah, that's forty. Eighty five years old, almost. Eighty four was when Thriller came out. Eighty four. Probably. That's what I'm saying. Like that's old. Awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, always like to say on this day, you know, not knowing how many people went to work today or how many people still go to work if they just yeah. work from home. Be careful. Drive drive home safe and slow and sound on your check way home. Check your kids' candy, too. And, and check, check your, your kids' candy. candy. And do that, too. Go sure through you... it before they eat it. Yeah, or mm. just give it to me, and I'll check yeah. it for you. So we in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Hurry back to pass. Looking, bouncing around. Steps up, stumbles, and sacked. That's going to be the game. Sacked at midfield by Harrison Phillips. And the game is over. The Cardinals lose 34-26. to Yeah, the horror show came a day early for the Arizona Cardinals. It was bloody. It was messy. It was definitely R-rated. It was very scary to watch. Huh. The Arizona Cardinals lose to the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. 34-26 yeah. on the road. A game that they had the lead. 17-14 early in the second half. And just mistake after mistake after pathetic. mistake after mistake. Yeah, they couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah, it was absolutely pathetic. I mean, it was an awful performance. Yeah, they could have won the football game. They didn't deserve to win the football game. They played like crap. So to sit there and like, yeah, they could have won it. I mean, Minnesota gave them opportunities to win the game, but the Cardinals played so poorly. I mean, penalty after penalty, the, you know, Benjamin penalty, the Trey McBride penalties, taking another timeout because you're about to get a delay a game. I mean, is this a, is this a weekly thing? It's a weekly is thing. Is this a weekly oh, thing? Oh, that's not going away. That's not going yeah. away. Don't, don't, oh, nobody's don't. better at taking a timeout to avoid a delay a game than Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Nobody in the league is better. We are the best in the NFL 
NFL and taking a timeout to prevent a delay a game. We're so good at it. It's been three and a half years. Don't think that's getting fixed. Oh, my God. All right. That, like, that's, seriously, that's like, just you can't fix that? Permanent part of the landscape uh, here with the Arizona Cardinals. Seven that's seven just nothing, how it goes. 7 nothing Vikings, 14-3 Vikings. Hey, let's start from behind again. They're really good at starting from behind. How many touchdowns they scored in the first quarter? None. None. That would be a whole entire season without a touchdown in the first quarter. None. I mean, my God. I mean, Zach Allen with the rough in the passer. McBride back-to-back holding penalties. Dorch muffs a punt. Minnesota gives the, gets the ball at the Cardinals 25-yard line. They score a touchdown. It was just sloppy, sloppy play, undisciplined football. And look, let's not let's not sugarcoat this, okay? That falls on the coach. That you're that undisciplined. That you're that unprepared to play the entire game. That's squarely on the coach. That his team's not ready. It's not one guy. Seven guys. Eight guys. I mean, that you're snapping a ball when nobody's ready? Mm-hmm. I know yeah, he, Billy Price is, has only been here for a short amount of time. But everybody's looking around like, uh, did you see what the offensive line? I can't remember what it was. Like, turned up, looked around like, what's going on here? Like, and then the ball gets snapped. It's a, and then you got to kick a field goal instead of getting a touchdown, maybe. It's just, it was pathetic. It was inexcusable. I mean, it's the type of things that will, that could lead to you getting fired mm-hmm. when your team is that undisciplined and you come out of a football game like that. They needed to win that football game. I think they needed to win the game. And yes, they could have because the Vikings weren't great. The Vikings were good. They're good. They were good yesterday. They weren't great. And the Arizona Cardinals just kept mistake after mistake after mistake in that game. The Minnesota Vikings were holding the door open, begging the Cardinals to walk in and win that game, and the Cardinals couldn't do it. They kept tripping over themselves again and again. The, the Vikings are sitting there holding the door. Come on in. Come on in. Win it. Take it. It's yours. We'll give it to you. Here it is. Come get it. And every single time the Cardinals had an opportunity, they whether it was Greg Dortch muffing the punt, whether it was Kyler Murray throwing the interception, whether it was Billy Price you know, throwing the ball away, sack or or uh, snapping the ball to Kyler when he wasn't looking, whether he was, you know, Benjamin on a fourth and four, whether it was not one, not two, three chances, second and four, third and four, fourth and four. You got one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. You can't run him once in one of those situations. It comes down to a fourth and four with Eno Benjamin, and he doesn't know where the sticks are. I remember my complaint early in the season. I love when the Cardinals run these patterns before the before the first down marker. Yep. Like, oh, they're so good at that. Let's run a three yard pattern on a four, when we need four yards. Let's run for why? Why not just run for four yards? Like, what's the difference? It's one yard. Like how many times I early in the season I was ragging on this. I mean, I can't believe this team runs so many patterns that are on, on, on third and four, fourth and four that are behind the first down marker. Run a play in which everybody's at the first down marker. So if they get tackled, it's a first down. We asking for too much here? Apparently. Apparently we are asking for things that we're not going to get. Cliff Kingsbury after the game. Not a ton to say after this one. Executed at a high level. Had some opportunities. And you got to give them credit. They came out and had a good plan and God. moved the ball early. But uh, our guys fought once again. It's just crucial situations. We're not getting it done. You can't even get through a 10-second soundbite. Right, so I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear Cliff anymore. Oh, really? I, I don't want to hear the. I don't want to hear this. I have a bunch of just Cliff Kingsbury soundbites here. Can we delete the comments? You want to hear Kyler instead? Okay. All right. Let's see what he has to say. Let's, let's see if you like what he had to say. Much more. Um, Schmidt, you know, just got to be on the same page on some stuff. Two turnovers. Um, you know, we, we just got to be better offensively, defensively. You know, they felt like they did enough, you know. Uh, we, we were in the game. Everybody on the team knows we were in the game. Uh, just got to be better. I mean, that's a good team. You know, they're going to capitalize on those mistakes, and that's what they did. It just doesn't feel like it's ever going to get smoothed out. 
Does it? I mean, it doesn't I feel, feel like it's, the, it's, it's Groundhog Day. It's the same stuff. The, the, the one thing that was new were the turnovers. And I'll, I'll give the Cardinals credit for this. Up until yesterday, that was the one thing the Cardinals had been good at for most of the year. Yeah. They had the second fewest giveaways in the NFL. Yep. Five in seven games. So that that part of yesterday's loss was new. I'm talking about the comments. Yeah, well, I, I know you are. I, I was talking more about the game. Um, but but what was, what was not new is that constant sense of chaos. Like, everything's just crazy happening so fast, and, and it's happening too fast, and nobody can process it. And we're calling timeouts Time because out. we're going to get a delay of game. And Kyler's looking at Cliff, and Cliff's looking at Kyler. Even, you think about that third and eight from the 11 when Billy Price snapped it when Kyler was looking. That was off a timeout. That was after a timeout. It was after a timeout. And you were still pressed for time. Yeah. You were still trying to figure out what you were doing. There was still confusion. It feels like that confusion is a constant state for the Arizona Cardinals. They live in that space. They don't know how to get themselves it's like a board game that. in which you got to get rid of your cards to win. It's clear they Cardinals get rid of their timeouts. They keep getting rid of their timeouts. You ever know somebody who's always late for everything, constantly frazzled, constantly making excuses for, oh, I'm sorry, I was like, I had to do this and I had to do that. I've got a couple of people I know in my life who are like that. I do too. The Arizona Cardinals are like that person. Yeah, I do too. They're like that person who, who they're never on time. They're always late. They've always got a million excuses for why things didn't work out. You know, they're, they're just, they're, they're constantly behind and you just you almost expect it right like you're you're gonna go out to dinner with them and you just kind of know okay they're gonna be 15 minutes late yeah, why tell, they're tell gonna be 15 them, minutes late tell them it's earlier <laughs> dinner's that, at 6 30 tell them it's six and not just because and then when they come in man they come in like a hurricane they come in like you know everything's frazzled everything's oh, they're rushed the it, kids it, with this the kids oh, with that i know it's just yeah, like yeah. pure cast that's the, that's watching a cardinals game for three hours every day it's like try, it's like expecting that frazzled friend to show up on time, calm, cool, collected, and ready to hang out for a few hours. You never get that from the Cardinals. It's always chaos, pure sloppy. chaos every Just single time. Sloppy yesterday. Yeah. So sloppy. I mean, he kept shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, McBride oh, hold, the, McBride. What has this guy done since they drafted him? What has this guy done? Much. What did trade McBride? Not this much. guy, like, they didn't even need a tight end that they drafted one. I thought the kid was going to be Travis Kelsey. He can't catch a pass. Yeah, the second half was a mess. I mean, there were so many opportunities for the Cardinals to be able to claim that game. So many. And every single time, they just they didn't deserve themselves. to win. No, they didn't. They they're, really did they're, not they're, deserve to win as badly didn't. as they played. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we applauded them week after week. Yesterday, yeah, not so much. That's yeah. next on the Burns and Gambo show. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Straight drop back for Cousins. Looking deep, firing down the left side. And it's pulled in by Jefferson. What a catch. At the 35 and down to the 30. What Hopkins does for the Cardinals, Jefferson does for the Vikings. That was big time. And a gain of 30 and a first down on third and six. Dave Pash with the call yesterday as we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo Show. John Gambador, Dave Burns here following the Cardinals' eight-point loss yesterday to the Vikings. We were talking in the last segment about how this game was a little bit different from games past in that the Cardinals turned the ball over a ton, right? And that was kind of a new thing. Here was the other new thing for the Cardinals for most of the season. Their defense got no. gashed yeah. yesterday. First of all, I love those horns in the background. Ooh. 
That's a great sound. That's just an awesome sound. You know what? The first time I heard it, I oh my god, I oh, love yeah, that. Yeah, that's Vikings football right there. I, I love that. that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, the defense did not step up. This is the first time. You know, they throw out the Kansas City game, but Cousins two touchdowns, no picks. Cook ran all over him. Twenty carries, one hundred eleven yards. Uh, plus, he had five catches for thirty. Jefferson had a big game. Once he got cooking, he was good. Six catches, ninety-eight yards. The Vikings rushed for one hundred and seventy-three. Birds they were five for five in the red zone. Five for five in the red zone. This is the first hundred-yard rusher the Cardinals have allowed this season, and the most rushing yards they allowed this season. The Cardinals are really good at taking something away. They weren't able to take away Cook, and they weren't able to take away Jefferson. So, to me, this was a failure by the defense. This was a failure by them. There was a sensational play by Isaiah Simmons. Yes. I mean, it was just a great, great play. And this is the I love this kid. I mean, I I love him because he. He can make game-changing plays. Now, he may not be perfect in coverage and covering these guys, but who is? But, man, he can make plays. I do like him. Uh, he made another great play in the game, but they were few and far between, right? I mean, the great plays by the Cardinals' defense were few and far between. They, I mean, they were there, um, but, yeah, they were. there weren't enough of them. J.J. Watt had a couple of sacks. Isaiah Simmons was really good in coverage. I thought Buda Baker had a really good game. Uh, Zayvon Collins had a tipped pass at the line. Um, so so there were, like, these individual moments where you know, and again, one of the Watt sacks really gave the opportunity for the Cardinals, if they could have just walked through the door, you know, a sack on a third down that forced the Vikings to punt, that kind of opened the door once again for the Cardinals to get back into the game. But there weren't, you're right, there weren't enough of those moments and, and for the first time, other than the Kansas City game, I really felt like the Cardinals defense wasn't in control of that game. And just about every year, every game this year, the Cardinals defense, even last week when they got gassed by the Saints, man, they scored two touchdowns off of turnovers, two pick sixes. They had a big interception in the end zone. They were still in control of that moment even though they were giving up yards and points. It didn't really matter because they had such a big lead. This was the first game where I felt like the Vikings could at times almost do exactly what they wanted to do and that's not a position the Cardinals defense has been in a lot What this I year. disliked was like they, get, they finally get the lead after they slow start again. They take the lead 17-14, right? They take the lead. Uh, touchdown to Ertz. They reviewed it. They check it. He's in there. And what does Minnesota do? They get the ball to the 25-yard line, throw it to Cook for 11 yards. Cook runs it for five. Unbelievable play by Jefferson for 29 yards. He beats Antonio Hamilton. You go to Thielen for 18. Cook has another run. And then Madison goes in from seven yards. And all of a sudden, eight plays, 75 yards. They get that back in the lead. Like, you didn't get that shut down. Let's force him to punt. Right. The Cardinals take the lead at 17-14 and five minutes later the Vikings are back on top like the defense was not able to come up with a big step that's when they needed to stop that's right there the moment you got a little momentum you got the lead back take a breather give the offense a chance and then that didn't happen so the defense to me did not do a good job yeah, then, then first time later in that half you know you're talking about short fields short fields off of the Kyler interception short fields off Dorch. of the, the Dorch you know and, and so those points I'll, I'll give a little bit of a pass to the Cardinals defense because the the Vikings were working on such a short field. But, man, early in that game, and I, I looked at that, the numbers were, you're watching the game and you're thinking, this is, it was overwhelming how bad the Cardinals were getting overwhelmed. After the Vikings made it 14-3, it was... 
13 to 4 first downs in favor of Minnesota. 198 yards to 41 in favor of Minnesota. 122 yards rushing to 24 in favor of Minnesota. And that was just early in the second quarter when the Cardinals were giving up yards in chunks. And, and so this speaks to. I think kind of this bigger issue. Trade deadlines tomorrow. Now, we'll talk specifically about what that might mean for the Cardinals, buyers, sellers, things like that. But this is where, if you think this team is one player away from being a great football team, you're kidding yourselves. Because we're having a conversation about defense. We could just as easily be having a conversation about the offense and how they need help there, too, whether it's on the offensive line or whatever. This team is not one player away from anything. And defensively, as good as they've been this year, they still have plenty of flaws, plenty of holes, plenty of things that need to be addressed and not enough high-impact players. The defense has been good and that's a lot of credit to Vance because they're definitely, you know, there's definitely some weaknesses on this defense. They're not the best at getting to the quarterback and getting the pressure and things like that. So they miss a lot of tackles. They miss a lot of that. You know, there's some things that Minnesota exploited in that game, Uh, but the Cardinals are not good at yards after the catch. They're in the bottom of the bottom category in yards after the catch, missed tackles. So no, it's not perfect. They've been able to get by with some really good plays by defense, but no, that's it's not a perfect defense. There's still some players short. And and I'd say the one guy who, I'm going to give them some praise, even though we, neither one of us are in the mood to praise anything about the Cardinals right now with how they played yesterday. Got to get up for Isaiah Simmons. And you talked about the freak show play that he had. Take, Again, take pro football focus for what it's worth. He was by far the highest graded player for the Cardinals yesterday. I didn't look at the grades today, was he? He was by far the highest graded player on the defense for the Cardinals. Yeah, he was. He was. That's even when he's out there in space covering Justin Jefferson early on in that game, which is probably not where you want Isaiah Simmons. He's got the athleticism to, in theory to do it, but as soon as you saw that, you're like, yeah, no, we don't need Isaiah Simmons covering Justin Jefferson. That's not a good matchup. He is, you know, it's funny that on their worst day or one of their worst days as a defense, one of their most questionable players had one of their best days. I thought Isaiah Simmons was terrific yeah, out there. That yesterday. sack forced fumble and then he recovers it, right? I mean, that's just a beautiful play. Like that's again freak athleticism, beautiful pay. Gives the Cardinals the ball at the Minnesota twenty four yard line. That was the same series in which you had the bad snap on third and eight and they had to, you know, kick a field goal instead of maybe, you know, converting on third and eight and getting a chance to score a touchdown. But that led to three points. That great play by Isaiah. JJ Watt after the game. Obviously I I'm, I'm I only speak for defense. I'm only going to speak for the defensive side of the ball. Um, we got to do a better job stopping the run game. Um, we let them outside and, and gash us a few times. I mean, the one, the one by Kirsch was just a, he had a pass first closing and he, he found a little escape lane and then got out. Um, it's a great run by him. A lot of credit. Um, but for us, we just we got to stop the run. We got to get to the quarterback and affect him. And we just we just can't let him score whenever 35 points. And I gotta say this too, even though again I'm not in the mood to praise anything about the Cardinals. JJ Watt has had a really nice season. He's had a yeah. real. He's had a really, really nice season. I mean, just we, we his availability has been the case. Yep, we started the year talking about what a bad contract that was looking like it was shaping up to be because of the lack of production, the lack of availability last year and the lack of availability to start this year. When he's out there, I think I think I'd heard, I believe I remember this from before the game. This is the first time the Cardinals have lost when they had DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt available. They have not lost a game this sense. year. Yeah. Or last year, too, when they had DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt 
available. I wonder if they get any. Playing. I wonder if they get any calls for JJ Watt right now with him playing well and healthy. By the way, I wanted to point out the other thing with Isaiah that tackle on third and eight to Cook. That he that that beautiful tackle open with field Cook that, in the open field. Yep, you make a tackle like that on a running back, a shifty running. That's a big time play. Oh yeah, that forced a punt. That gave the Cardinals the ball back with one final chance to go score. They weren't able to do it, but that was another big time play by Isaiah Simmons. Six yards per carry. That ain't gonna get it done. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, feelings of deja vu from last year. DeAndre Ayton not available? No problem for the Phoenix Suns. That's next. Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Let's get an update. Let's reveal, actually, our Twitter poll question of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. We turn it over to Eric Ruby, and I was just thinking about the poll question right before I turn on the mic, and I bet this one is a blowout. Yeah? I bet it's a blowout. Define blowout. That the leader in the clubhouse has at least 65% of the vote. Well, there's oh, only okay. one way to find out. I have not even seen the poll question. Well, Let me say. Eric, it, uh, trade deadline's tomorrow. It's simple. It's, it's a simple. fairly easy one. And I... I I, I feel like it should be a blowout. But. By this time tomorrow, the trade deadline will have passed. One o'clock local time tomorrow. So, do you want the Arizona Cardinals to be buyers, sellers, or just straight up inactive at the deadline? Sellers. I think they should be sellers. Sellers. I think they should be sellers. Sellers is leading the way, but it's not by a large okay. percentage. I, I thought it would be a large percentage. 43.2% going with sellers. 37% going with buyers. Hold it up for a hero. 19.8% said, hey, everything's good. <laughs> well, skip it. Or... or. Or they're saying, you know what? For, for Who cares? cares? <laughs> Forget it. Um, so it's a six mm. six percentage lead for sellers over buyers. What are you going to buy? They hold it out for a hero to the end of the night. Yeah, you know how many heroes you need? He's got to be strong team? and he's got to be fast. Someone call the Avengers. <laughs> he's got to be fresh from the fight. That's, that's right. This is one of those. This is not one of those deals where one superhero is good enough. You do. You need like a, a team up. You need the Justice League. You need the Avengers. You need I wish multiple I had, superheroes. I, I wish I had one more game. I wish I had one more game before the trade deadline, but I don't. I have a three and five football team. They're not good at home. They have had chances to beat good teams like Philly and Minnesota, and they haven't. Haven't won a division game yet. I, I can only judge it based on what I have in front of me. At three and five, I would I would say sell. Yeah. I wish I had one more game. One more game would be nice. I, I just I have a feeling with and I because the Cardinals were the morning game yesterday, and, and you know I think a lot of Cardinal fans had the opportunity to do this. It gave me a great chance to like really dive into that 49ers Rams game. And really dive into that Seattle Giants game. Man, the 49ers look good. And Seattle's defense has figured it out. They are no longer the weak spot. They are no longer as bad as they were when they played the Cardinals. Man, Gino just knows that system. And and he just knows that system. Gino's getting it done. He's been there forever. He knows the system. He's getting it done. Yeah, you have. You're right. You have to crystal ball it a little bit. Yeah, I'm crystal balling it a little bit with these next three games. And I just don't think we're going to like where the Cardinals sit after these next three. No, I'm just trying to be realistic here. I'm trying not to be like uh, like here's the reality. The the trade deadlines tomorrow. You've got eight games to have judged the Arizona Cardinals on. Does anybody think they're good enough to buy? No. 
I mean, I don't. But I guess forty percent of our people do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to, to each their own, I suppose. Mm. That's our poll question. Thank you, Eric. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. And the pass is stolen. Getting the steal is Jack Landale. Here come the Suns to Booker. Three pointer, no good. Tip up Landale. He got it. Hung on the rim and went in. Well, he made the big pass. He hustled up and got the shot. Quickly evolving into a fan favorite that Jock Landale is, right? Last night, high-energy game from him. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 5 offensive boards. He's great. So good. Sorry, James. Sorry we doubted you. We should have known those three guys that you signed that we were all so quick to dismiss as not really being that big a help. Sorry are bad because Jock Landale, he was terrific last night against the Rockets. He was. He was. And listen, the Suns went 18 and 5 without DeAndre Ayton last season. They were 18 and 5 without DA. Got the ankle, hurt the ankle in the New Orleans game. Played they played very well in that New Orleans game. Bismack Biombo and Landale were great. You come back, you win this game last night. No Eric Gordon for Houston. He's on groin management, whatever that may be. <laughs> groin management. They're managing the groin. Groin management. He's out. What? No. You've never been out for groin management before? <laughs> Jello cup! Jello cup! Seriously, that is the most Jello cup mm. moment of all time on the Burns and Gambo show. That's even more Jello cup than actual Jello yeah. cup. So no yeah. Eric Gordon. You know, it, it was it was an interesting game. The Suns did not shoot the ball well from deep, but Houston never led. Very physical game. You could see, you know, Lee was getting into it. Drew two technical fouls on one play, uh, which was great. You know, Chris Paul, 15 assists. Yes, yeah. but didn't shoot the three. Didn't again went zero for four on the three pointers. That's like the fourth time this season he has not hit a three pointer in a game. He's four for twenty one overall. But you know they they just play so well as a team and that second unit. God, that second unit's been so good for them. But they play very very well as a team. Burns and are able to win games like this despite one or two guys. They, they're not reliant. Like they can afford to have a guy or two go off and not play well, not go up, but just not play well and still win a game. Yeah, that to me was the story of the weekend. What you said just a second ago was the bench, because they, they beat the Pelicans on Friday night as well. The bench gave them 54 points that night. And if you look at some of the plus minuses from the bench that night, it was, okay, Cameron Payne, plus 16, Jock Landale, plus 18, Shamit, plus 13, Damian Lee, plus 20, even though he only had three points. And then last night against the Rockets, same deal. The bench had 45 points and 15 rebounds. And, and that that, to me has been the story of the season through six games so far. That and the fact that Aiton's out, now they're going to have to make do without him but for at least a week. they played well without him. Like and, I said, they, they're 19-5 and five now without DeAndre they, Well, and they, they had last, last year just with a different cast, right? And so, not that we had any reason to doubt that Landale would, wouldn't be up to it, but that was kind of a different cast last year that filled in when you had JaVel McGee. This year, they're not missing a beat, and they seem to be doing just fine. But for me, the story of the early season has been a bench that I was scared to death was going to be exposed and not very good and and a, a sore spot from now. It's early. It's only six games in. So far, that bench has eased off all the pressure on the Suns to make a Jay Crowder deal. 
I mean, suddenly there's just like, it's like, hey, take Although time. He's tweeting that something's coming. Yes, he is. He's tweeting that something's coming, he, right? Uh, like, so like, a fan, I'll, I'll, let me read this to everybody because I'm glad you brought it up. In fact, somebody asked for a Gambo translation on this one. Uh, Sarah Miller on Twitter tweeted that she tried to buy a Jake Crowder jersey at the Suns Arena and they refused to sell me one. The only thing I want is a Crowder jersey. I don't care if he's up for grabs. I want my jersey. Jake Crowder retweeted her, and in typical Jay Crowder all-caps fashion, why he tweets in all-caps, I don't know. Yeah, no worries. Stay patient. Coming soon. I promise. Now, does he mean a jersey is coming soon, or a trade is coming oh, it's soon? It's got to be a trade. I would think. Yeah, right? no worries. Stay patient. Coming soon. I promise. Yeah. But, but here's the, but the Suns, the way that bench is playing, and the way that bench is gelled, again, I know it's early, it has eased up this sense of urgency or anxiety that we have. Okay, got to make a deal. Got to get better. Got to make that bench better. That bench is going to be a problem for the. Hasn't been a problem for them all year. No. Not all year. No, it's played good. Matter of fact, I'm looking at just my notes from the game last night. It's a four-point game until enter the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. They start with Landale, Payne, Lee, Craig, and Shamit, And, you know, and you're not really seeing the starters come in until a little bit later. They did not bring back Booker. And Mikhail Bridges until there was six minutes and forty six seconds left in the game, and it was a one hundred three ninety six game. So Monty trusted them, right? I mean, oh, you're talking yeah. about five plus minutes before they brought Book back. Now they did a little bit earlier, bring back Chris Paul at the seven thirteen mark. Paul came back. The Suns were up by six, and so did Cam Johnson, who hit a three right out of the timeout. But Booker didn't come in until there were less than seven minutes left. That's Monty trusting a lot of those bench guys. Yeah, and here's the thing too about the. Start- and our own Kellen Olsen squeezed this out right after the game. The Suns, since they've had like a revolving door at center uh, the last couple of games with eight not playing a whole lot, the Suns' four-man unit of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, and Cam Johnson have an offensive rating of 133.2, a defensive rating of 102.4, a net rating of 30.8. That's really, 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 really good. When those four guys have been on the floor for them, even with a new starting lineup with Aiton out and Bismack Biombo getting to start last night in, those four guys, when they're on the floor together, have been really, really good together. Here's Chris Paul after the game with Alan Tim. Man, Busy been a complete pro since day one. Y'all remember when we picked him up in Charlotte last year? Yes. He just knows who he is. You know, he screens to get us loose. He rolls. He plays defense. He's just a consummate pro. Jock. Uh, we just got a complete team and we're we going to continue to try to build. And here's the thing about Bismack Biombo. He had been sitting at the end of the bench largely yeah. for most of the season. Right, but a consummate professional. Just always ready Comes to in, go. Like the, the start of that game was, was he blocks the first shot attempt of the game by Tate, leads to a three-pointer by Cam Johnson, and then he blocks a shot by Porter. Like the first two shots that Houston took, he blocked. But now he didn't score a point until much later, but the defensive presence, this is what, when James Jones talks about building a team, right? He's not talking about, let me get a bunch of guys who are great score. Let me build, let me fill in. What do I need? Okay, Bismack Biombo blocked two shots to start the game. He can rebound the basketball. He can block some shots. He plays good defense. He's good positioning. He's just that guy fits into what we need. We got plenty of scoring. We got guys that could score. I'm not looking for a, a guy. Now, Landau, it's interesting because Landau can score. He can rebound. He can pass. He's one of those all-purpose guys, but you got to like the way this team has been built so far. They've played extremely well. Home against the Timberwolves tomorrow. Back-to-back home games against the Trailblazers on Friday and Saturday. Then they go out on a road trip for their first significant road trip of the year 
and that includes stops at Philly, at Minnesota, at Miami as part of that trip. So the Suns 5-1 and one, off to a terrific start so far with their back-to-back wins over the weekend. When we come back here on Burns and Gimbo, back to the Arizona Cardinals and D-Hop was back. Top two wide receivers for the Cardinals are good. What they're doing is special. We just want to see more of it. That's next. Burns and Gambo. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Snap to Murray. Short set, throws left side in the end zone. One-handed catch for a touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my goodness. He stabbed that out of the air with his left hand, pulled it in for a huge Cardinal score. It's like his hand was a fork. I know. Like, like it's not even a it's, hand. It's just, I know. It's just like it's like he's got those Wolverine, you know, like from X-Men, where he just, you know, the, the claws just, just come out and he just stabs Throwing the ball in every play. Everybody that, else is a decoy. Yeah, you know, honestly, it's it's getting to the point where I mean, they practically are. He's got twenty seven targets in the two games since he's been yeah. back, right? But can you? Well, we'll talk about the rest of the receivers in a minute. But okay. I, 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 on, yeah, let's an, talk about an them. honest question with D Hop and the start that he's off to. Yeah, do you need to get him involved even more in the offense than you have, or is that a ridiculous ask when you consider you've targeted him twenty seven times in two games? It feels like, I mean, that's a lot. It feels like you need even more out of D-Hop. Like, he's so special, and he's so good, and such good things happen when you throw him the ball. For his, He's been everywhere for the last two games, and yet I feel like they need to give him the ball even more than they do, which seems ludicrous to I, suggest. I just think that there are certain times, I think they're getting him the ball plenty. But I do think that it's it's when you get him the ball that's gonna that's gonna really matter. I think that there are plays in the game that you could look at and say, okay, they need to go to him right there. They need to they need to go they need to go to Hopkins there and not go to AJ Green or not throw it to that third and four to Eno Benjamin. Okay, that Jordan Hicks makes the tackle. Fourth and four. Fourth and four. Man, like, don't you got to go to Hop there? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, know I what think you're saying. I think they're targeting him plenty. He's been great, but like you have one of the best players on the planet. It's fourth and four. Nothing against Eno Benjamin, okay? But do I want to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins or Eno Benjamin? DeAndre Hopkins also has the ability to get you those pass interference calls. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a guy, because those guys, like, that ball, anything near him, he's catching with those hands. DBs know that. They're going to be draped all over him. So I just think that there are situations in the game that I think that you just have to focus in on DeAndre Hopkins no matter what, and you've got to go to him. I'm going to live and die with DeAndre Hopkins, not a pass to Eno Benjamin. Does that make sense? It does. I kind of feel like we're saying the same thing, to be honest with you, just a different way. I I, I kind of feel like he needs more. You know, he he needs more in other situations. And I get spreading the ball around. They did a much better job spreading it around this game than they did the last game. The Saints game, I mean, it was literally all DeAndre Hopkins and hardly anybody tend else. Tend to him, tend to everybody else. Yeah. Right. This one, it was a little more balanced and it was a little more spread out. That game, I can't believe it leaves me wanting more D-Hop, but I kind of feel like it leaves me wanting more. Since coming back, this is in the NFL now. Okay, this is where D-Hop ranks in the two weeks that he's been back. Okay. First catches, first in yards, first in first down and touchdown receptions. So, wow. All right, the, the, can, can you, you give me, you had something today that I thought was fantastic. Um, his pace? 
Yeah, the pace, like what he's about to do with that, with missing six games. He's on pace for 121 catches for 1,400 yards, and he missed six games. That's that. That's not. That's that's, 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 that's not, over 11 games. Yeah, that's not of this world. Okay, that's not right. It shouldn't be like that at give all. Give me that's, that. Give me it again. 121 catches, 1,441 yards. After missing six games. I'm, that's all, it's like, Tip of the cap wow. to Jess Root from Cardswire, who tweeted that out today. Oh, Jess does a great but job. That's, but that's, that's, a great, that's, that's a great tweet. Not yeah. of this world. And, and yet, is. I want more more out of him because right. I kind of feel like he's... like there. I think there are two things that make the Cardinals offense really, really special when it works its best. Number one is D-Hop. Obviously, he makes it very special. Rondale Moore or Kyler running? Kyler running. Okay. Kyler running, which we'll talk about a little Rondale bit later. No, and we'll I talk you about go Rondale. Yeah, and, and the, we're going to get to that in 30 seconds. But Kyle, when when this team needs a little bit of a spark, yeah. Kyler delivers it when he runs. You know, and I, they even mentioned during the broadcast yesterday, he told the guys from Fox, I'd like to do more design runs. I'd like to see Kyler do more design runs, too. Third, Ron, go ahead. Third and seven early in the game. You remember the play. Pat Pete breaks up the pass to A.J. Green. Yes. Why? <laughs> no, it's a fair. Why? It is a fair question. Like, was is why? A, why, why AJ I'll, Green? I'll, I'll, why not Hopkins? I'll answer your question with a question. Why the hell is AJ Green even on the field? He didn't even play last week. He didn't play last week. You have Robbie Anderson. Do you see the snap disparity between Robbie Anderson and AJ Green? Give it to me. It was embarrassing. Give me a minute to pull it up here. Put on my glasses. But I'm saying, like that, but that point right there, third and seven. I'm going to kick a field goal. Okay, fine. Pat Pete, AJ. Now maybe you want to test Pat Pete, but why can't you test Pat Pete against Hopkins? You've been lining Hopkins up everywhere. Okay, you ready for it? Yeah. AJ Green was on the field for 37 snaps. Robbie Anderson was on the field for seven. Why? Trade deadline tomorrow. Why? Yeah, trade deadline tomorrow. I get it. You're trying to showcase a guy that you're not going to throw the ball to or you are going to throw the ball to. And Pat Pete can, I mean, it's like you're showcasing something that at best. You shouldn't be showcasing. You're going to get a seventh round pick for. At best, that's what you're going to get for him. Are you trying to win games or are you trying to showcase players that you're going to get end of the draft day picks but just for? To, I, I, what's like, uh, they're going to say matchups and stuff like that. But how does a guy not good enough to play last week, but He's good enough to get 37 snaps this week. Don't make any sense. And the guy, no, they'll, they'll say it's matchups. We like the matchup. We like, you know, it's just, it's just, more, it's more of the same. It's more of this. It's more of the same stuff that just kind of makes you look at it and go, what's the plan? What, what's, what's the, what are we drawing up here? What's the plan? You, you go acquire a guy like Robbie Anderson. We talk about how perfect he is for this offense because he can fly, because he has size, because he basically plays on the same side of the field as, as, uh, as AJ Green. And then when, and it's not like you didn't have time to get Robbie Anderson acclimated. You acquired you him right mini before buy. the Saints game, but you had the mini buy. Seven snaps? Why is A.J. Green getting five times as many snaps as he is? Why? How many catches did he have? A.J.? Yeah, zero. 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 And on third and seven, early in the game, you're going A.J. Green. Yep. Not, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to pick and choose. Your, and I know you can't go to A.J. DeAndre Hopkins on every single third down. It's third, I got it. Like, I get it. You got to mix it up a little bit. But, man, when there are big third downs, you got to go to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Here's something else they got to do. And this will make you know Cardinal fans just want to claw their eyes out. Rondale Moore down the field. Please, please, 
Sweetie, I, I, please. Listen, that kid was terrific yesterday. He was terrific. Those I mean, passes weren't even that far down the field no. either, right? They just weren't no. at the line of scrimmage. He was just a little bit down the field. And he just breaks tackles. Yep. That 30, that, that touchdown, he broke three tackles. Three guys tried to get him and they could. He's short and he's compact. So he's tough to tackle. Like he's he's shifty, he's short, he's got those are not the easiest guys to tackle. The taller, longer, rangy guys are easy to tackle. Rondell Moore is not easy to tackle. So like there was the twenty the tw- there were two plays on the same series. You had a twenty seven yard play where he broke a couple of tackles. That was the quick he was in the slot. It was a quick throw. It was a, and then the other one was down the field, thirty eight yards, broke three tackles. He's got electric potential like yeah. he could be electrifying like i want to see him get the ball more i know but everything before those two plays you know it and i everything line of scrimmage line of scrimmage line of scrimmage no they're the, they're quick, the wide yeah, receiver that's, screen that's all they do that's, that's, that's what that. they are they're the I mean, screen team and it wasn't even it was <laughs> the screen <laughs> in team fact, bickley in his column today on arizona sports.com said somebody even called him cliff screensberry yeah. i'm gonna call it screen city baby mm. screen city yeah you come here we what, lead the league in screen passes when we come Come back on the Burns and Yambo show. It was a frustrating day yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals. The plays that made and broke the Cardinals yesterday. Big Red Reacts is next here on the Burns and Yambo show.